In the year 2022, gamers everywhere are in despair, with no good gaming podcast to listen to, until out of the ashes arose the multiplayer gaming podcast with its funny hosts, incredible gaming content, and phenomenal community. You too can be the hero the world needs by heading over to MultiplayerSquad.com and helping support the show. Now let's hear from our champions in this incredible episode. Hello squad mates, welcome to another episode of the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast. We are a group of three dads that love gaming, and we release two episodes every week on Mondays and Thursdays. Make sure to rate our podcast five stars and leave us a written review. We are so excited for this episode here today. It is a Thursday, which means we are going to be covering This Week in Gaming. We are going to be talking about what we've been playing this week. We're going to talk about recent gaming news. We've got a whole lot to cover, so let's just get straight into introductions. I am your host, Paul. I'm joined here today by our two co-hosts. Coming up first, I'll never forget the time that we first met, even though I keep trying. It's Josh. Oh, I can't think of when we very first met Paul. I feel like I got invited to a party at your house or something. And uh, it, it was technically at my house, but at the time it was owned by your brother-in-law. Yeah. And, uh, yes. Yeah. It was a, like a family get together. I would never pass up a, a party invitation. So just, you know, <laughs> t- tidbit for those listening. I love parties. And if you want to invite me to your party, Josh at multiplayerpodcast.com. He'll go anywhere, anywhere, <laughs> Josh is, any party, he, anytime. <laughs> he's DTP, down to party. And then our new permanent co host, if you guys missed the announcement on our last episode, he's now here permanently. He brings just so much joy to all of us. Every time he disconnects from Discord, it's Michael. Oh, man. They're like, he finally stopped talking. Like, one time I dropped out, and I came back, and there was just silence forever, because I knew they were talking about me. <laughs> Guys, I just, I don't know. I wanted to come in hot today. I want this to be a combative episode. We're going we're gonna to do some light roasting. Why, why not? I was going to get upset that you talked so nice about Michael, and so bad about me, and then you went and redeemed yourself, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Double roasting, except we didn't see it coming, so I didn't have anything prepared. So I'm just gonna have to. I'm a slow thinker sometimes. I'll find something for you, Paul. <laughs> Thirty you minutes later, Michael's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> well, the jerk star called. They're running out of you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got so much to talk about. I think the first thing that we should mention is that there was a pretty big game that released this week. Horizon Forbidden West released on February 18th. Did either of you guys pick this one up? Yeah, I I have it, and I have the giant collector's edition box because I pre-ordered it like seven months ago, paid my $280 because I was super excited. Friday, I go to load (laughs) the game up, and I was super disappointed. Why is that? Well, I... I I know I talked about this a lot with our friend group, but I've had a really oddly hard time getting a hold of a PlayStation 5. Uh, uh-huh. My luck has been terrible. <laughs> I've Sony has sent me the email twice saying, "Hey, your your order's ready. You can go on between this time and this time and get it directly from Sony or I, you know, go to nowinstock.net and watch for it to be available from a major retailer." Long story short, I can't get a hold of one, and everyone's like, "No worries. You can play this game on PS4 Pro just fine. It'll run great." 10 minutes into the game, I had to turn it off because it did not run great. And I was really disappointed. Oh, no. it, didn't, it didn't run 
horribly. But it's funny because I actually pulled up an article um, on it. And um, and it talks about how, you know, game, it's great, it's playable on PS4, and it's fantastic. There's just a couple small things. And those couple small things they mentioned was, like, during the cutscenes, the background won't load. Like, oh, you're no. watching Aloy <laughs> over, like, these crazy blurry polygons. And they're like, the frame rate's a little choppy. And I'm like, I'm probably getting 12 to 20 frames a second on this game. It's not choppy. It's not playable. Like, if you're playing a shooter, especially me... With basically all all five of my fingers on both hands might as well be elephant <laughs> hooves because I can't move the sticks very quickly. Um, for choppy frame rate, it's not good. Uh, I have heard some people say they were fine with it. Me, the quality of the game to me matters a lot. And so I unfortunately can't play it on PS4. And I'm really disappointed because I was really excited about the game. So back to the search for PS5. Well, I was going to say, I know Josh and I are not disappointed in her eyes in Forbidden West. You want to tell him why, Josh? Uh, I don't have a PlayStation, <laughs> <laughs> and I do, but I just I didn't have any real desire to buy yeah. this one. So I mean, we're sandwiched between Lost Ark, which we've been playing a lot of. We've got Elden Ring that will be coming out just a few days, days. after this episode airs, which I'm super pumped for. Um, I you know famously we said, hey, we're not going to have time to dive into this. I am a little sad for you though, Michael, because I know you were really looking forward to that game. But then on the flip side, it's kind of like you have to play Elden Ring with us now. So <laughs> yeah, no. welcome, welcome to forced gaming, buddy. <laughs> I know, right? No, it's it's funny about. I was thinking about that today, and he didn't do an intro on uh, on the podcast about um, Patreon support and so forth. But I can't wait to be forced into my first legendary supporter game because oh. I, you know how it is. I always want to play my RPGs, and I just can't wait for someone to force a shooter on me. <laughs> It's always interesting if someone picks a game that you've literally never heard of, and I don't even look it up. I just immediately buy it, download it, start playing. There is something really fun about that when it's just like, you know what? It's out of my hands. I don't need to worry about it. I'm just going to start playing. And there is something exciting about it. Those, yeah. There's been some nice surprises with those as well. Yeah. Uh, so we had Horizon Forbidden West come out. We also had another major release this week, although it actually came out in theaters also on February 18th, we had the Uncharted movie come out. Now, I don't think any of us have seen this one yet, right? I haven't seen it yet. I have not. I do want to see it, though. I'm actually hyped for it. Having never played the Uncharted games, I know nothing <laughs> other than the movie just looks like it's fun, which is my cup of tea for a movie. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. And also, apparently, Tom Holland rules all major properties right now. And so it's like after seeing Spider-Man a few months ago, I was really excited to see, you know, the uh, the now titled Nathan Drake project. But uh, but I haven't seen it yet. I'll, I'll be seeing it this week. Nice. Yeah, I'll be curious to hear uh, once you guys have seen it to hear a personal recommendation. Now, I think that that serves as a really nice segue because there were so many news articles this week about video games being turned into TV shows and or movies. Now, previously, we did talk a little bit about DJ2 Entertainment. They are adapting things like It Takes Two, Tomb Raider, Disco Elysium, Little Nightmares. But then I'm just going to very quickly run through a whole bunch of extra stories that came out here this week. All right. So first of all, Sonic 2 has not released yet, but they have already greenlit Sonic 3. We also found out that there is going to be a spin-off Knuckles TV show, which will star Idris, El Idris Elba. The Cuphead series already released on Netflix. Netflix is also working on a live-action Bioshock movie. 
Halo Season 1 released on Paramount. They greenlit Season 2. Amazon is working on a Fallout TV series. They announced that Walton Goggins is playing the lead role. And in addition to all of that, we already have older news with things like The Last of Us coming out for HBO next year. We have the Borderlands movie coming out later this year. The guy who directed Uncharted is now working on a Jack and Dexter film. Guys, we are just being hit left and right with all these video game adaptations. Do you guys care about any of these? Are there any that you're looking forward to? Are there any that you think are going to be awful? Like, what do you guys want to talk about? I... I'm not looking forward to any of them, to be honest. <laughs> the history, because historically, they've all yes, been so bad. Video yeah. game movies are terrible. Like, I, is is Halo out? Is it actually released on Paramount at this not point? Yet. But it, I, I thought it already released. No, not yet. it's 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 coming up. But that's the only one that I'm even remotely interested in. And I have already decided that if I watch it, I think I'm going to be disappointed. I think that they they nail a lot with the aesthetics of that, but I'm still a little hesitant. All of these other ones, like, I just, it's hard for me to get hyped about a video game movie. If they come out and they start getting great reviews, I'm on board. I will 100% go check it out. But it's like you just mentioned all of these, and I was just like falling asleep. <laughs> well, didn't, didn't you go see the newest Mortal Kombat in theaters? Like, that one got your interest. Didn't I did, it? yes. And honestly, like, I'm not trying to trash them by any means because Sonic, I thought, was pretty good. You know, I, and, and I watched the trailer for the second one and I'm like, that looks like it's going to be fun. It's just hard to get me excited about an upcoming video game movie release. Like, that's the problem because I'm so skeptical from decades of terrible movies. <laughs> that I think I'm just conditioned that way. I think that I am... I have the same concern as Josh in a lot of ways. Movies historically have been terrible. Um, however, you know, you look at something like The Witcher. The Witcher's fantastic. I know that's more adapted off the novels, but it became popular, you know, especially here in the States, uh, because of the because of the video game. Um, a couple of notes, though. Uh, a Fallout series with Walter Go- Walton Goggins... Heck yeah. Uh, the thing I think about Walter, Walton Goggins, I keep calling him Walter, and I know his name's not Walter. <laughs> oh, Walt. Um, I'm just going to call him Walt, here and after referred to as Walt Goggins. So Walt Goggins looks like pretty much every character I've ever created in a Fallout game anyways. <laughs> and so like, I'm like, this is perfect. This, this fits exactly. Like, he is Fallout. I'm just, I'm curious about, you know, uh, what the, I just want to know what the world's going to look like. Like, I read the article, and um, the director and showrunners are, you know, previously they'd done Captain Marvel and um silicon valley and for me that like i don't know how that relates to a fallout show but i'm still <laughs> right. excited about it like i mean silicon valley some of that comedy would fit pretty well on this year but uh i don't know um the only thing, thing that i would say though about halo is I, I am excited about that because as a person who's always watched his friends play halo and not played so much myself i am excited to discover the lore a little bit but i have the same reservations as josh on this completely where i'm a little bit terrified that it's just going to completely ruin pieces of that for me yeah, I, th- I think the only one I'm looking forward to is Fallout, because, first of all, I love Walton Goggins. Like, one of my favorite TV shows of all time was The Shield, and he is so good in it, and he was so good in Justified. I think he's a fantastic actor. Now, even though the showrunners do have their pedigree from, like, Silicon Valley and Captain Marvel, it is also being produced by Lisa Joy and Jonah Nolan, and they're the ones who started Westworld. And that, to me, does make more sense. Like, the work that they did on Westworld would certainly 
lead itself well, I think, into Fallout, where you're dealing with this like dystopian kind of future and future technology and that kind of stuff. But yeah, the rest of these, I'm not sure I really care about. Does that, all, does that also mean that after two seasons, the show's going to just be terrible? Because <laughs> Westworld <laughs> yeah. kind of fell off pretty fast for me. <laughs> it did fall off pretty quick, yeah. At least we have season one to go back to. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I, I love me some post-apocalyptic type themes in movies and stuff like that. So the Fallout one definitely gets me most interested. And I'll say this, if there was ever an actor that you know had the face to play a ghoul in Fallout, it's it's Mr. Goggins. <laughs> oh, poor poor Walton. He he also there's just something oh, with that face where I could believe that he's a good guy or a bad guy, which Absolutely. is why like every role he's ever played plays into that. Like you're not sure what he's gonna do at any moment. But yeah, I'm I am excited about that. Now Amazon does they they did strike a deal with DJ2. So for all of those projects, Amazon has first dibs. So I think as we see more and more of these properties made, a lot of them are going to be coming out on Amazon. I so I don't a- know if it's yeah, I don't know if it's something I'd want to go spend money on, but I already have Amazon Prime. So I'll probably check them out as they become available. No, that's a perfect point. And I'll tell you though, one of the the few uh basically streaming services or production companies I would trust to do this, it, it may be Amazon because Amazon does have some incredible shows. You know, when you look at things like, you know, um, I just lost all of my train of thought. Wheel of time. <laughs> the wheel of wheel time. Of time. Really I know Josh good. loves that. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And the um, new uh, Lord of the Rings that's coming out, I'm really hyped for. I'm kind of scared about that one too. But again, because like, don't mess up my lore, you know, like we'll see <laughs> right. how many creative liberties they want to take on that whole thing. So... <laughs> Well, yeah, so we've got, you know, so many of these different properties coming out. I'll be very curious to see how those go. And then I did joke in our previous Twig episode that we always have to block off a chunk where we talk about what major acquisition went down this week. Because week after week after week, we had these major acquisitions. This headline by itself started cracking me up, and I had to read the article. But basically, long story short... Ubisoft came out and said, hey, uh, if anyone wants to buy us, we'll listen to any offer. I feel like no. so they're, the kid, like, they're kind of fishing. Kick the kickball. You know what I mean? Yes. Like looking around going like, guys, I, I can kick the ball. You know, yep. like pick me. And everybody's yeah. going like, and we'll take Blizzard. <laughs> oh, we'll take uh, uh, Bungie. Yeah. 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 Bethesda? Come on over, Bethesda. Come on. Yeah. Instantly when I saw this news, I, I read the article and I saw that in 2016, they said, we will fight to stay independent at any cost. And now in 2022, it feels like the company motto has changed to, we surrender. Like, yeah. yeah. Well, you Which see the prices, somebody. right? The prices keep rising and rising. They're like, wait, how many billion did Activision get? How many billion for yeah. Bungie? So all of a sudden, they're kind of like, you know, hey, uh, we're not for sale, but if anyone wants to write a number down on a piece of paper, we're going to look at it. <laughs> Slide across so. the table in a manila envelope. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It actually did make me look them up. And so their stock is like $10 a share. So they're obviously like a lot smaller than something like Activision Blizzard. But yeah, that just that kind of did crack me up a little bit because I think they probably sense the valuation on these studios is just so high it probably would be the right time to sell if you were ever going to consider it. Well, and they've had some notable delays too. Like Skull and Bones has been delayed like a whole bunch oh. as well. They've had some they've had some big delays that I think they were putting a lot of money into and it's really hurt them from a financial aspect. 
I was going to say, I've said this before, but I think one thing that's hurting Ubisoft is that they just haven't innovated in quite some time. Their formula is the same formula it's been for, I, I don't even know how long. And they make good games, but at some point, you've got to you've got to shy away from the Madden formula and say hey we're not just going to release a sequel with the exact same you know framework and and I I'm to the point I don't want to play Ubisoft games anymore because I know exactly what I'm going to get I might as well just go play the ones I already own because there's no innovation there so I think that's the other thing that they really need to focus on you mentioned Skull and Bones Michael and I am very very excited for Skull and Bones but it's still a ways off. So let's hope that that breaks the formula a little bit. Yeah, and let's hope that whoever buys them doesn't just say, you know what, we're not far along enough, let's just completely scrap it, which is what I'm terrified of, because I'm excited about it too. <laughs> it's always nice to have a good pirate game out, right? Arr. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if anyone's looking to purchase a nice French uh, developer, Ubisoft will will listen at this point. All right, and then this next story was probably my second favorite one of the week, but EA had a town meeting where they were addressing some of the, I guess, underperforming aspects of Battlefield 2042. You know, let's just say it was a little bit of a rocky release. And they were addressing why Battlefield has not performed as well. And so, you know, they, they're, they're very smart people. They've got a lot of scientists and statisticians. They're looking everything over. And ultimately they decided that Battlefield 2042 has only underperformed because of COVID and because of Halo Infinite. Now, uh, what, what's your guys' reaction to that? Oh, how can you because guess, guess who else, uh, programmed their game during COVID? Halo Infinite. Yeah. Right. And everybody oh. else, too. No, it's funny because when you talk about that, first of all, it's pure deflection and it's garbage. It's it's a joke. It's it. Let's point it to whatever it is. But it's funny because I actually uh, recorded my first ever Quick Takes episode, which will be out at some point. And I laugh because it harked back to my thought on that. The epic failure that was Super Mario Brothers, the movie back in 1993, the showrunner said the same thing. They were like, we had a great movie. It was incredible. It's just Jurassic Park came out two weeks earlier, so no one went <laughs> so and saw stupid. our movie. And it also had dinosaurs. <laughs> and I'm like, that is a joke. Dude, <laughs> yeah. If it, it, I'll tell you what. If EA had come out like CD Projekt Red did and said, listen, we messed up. We admit it. Here's why we messed up. And, you know, everybody kind of blows off the excuses, right? And the reasoning. And they go, hey, that's on you. But if they had just come out and said, we released a bad product, we're sorry. You know, I think people would be much more forgiving. And I would be willing to chalk it up to, hey, they learned their lesson. Let me start looking forward to the next one. Right? Well, that's, but that, yeah. But the problem is this stupid corporate CEO speak that they're doing where they're like, Hey, instead of realizing and acknowledging that this game's terrible, how about we blame it on Halo? And it's like, <laughs> right. dude, you're so removed from like what gamers are telling you that it gives me no hope for this franchise anymore. My thing, too, is it's almost disrespectful, or it is disrespectful to the fans. So if I worked for a CEO and I came to someone with just only excuses and I said, hey, you know what? This happened, COVID and stuff. You know, the way you go to people is you say, you know, accountability, I messed up. Here's what I'm doing to fix it going forward. But the CEO who hears this stuff all day long, 
is instead telling the fans excuses. It's just it's a disappointment. And sorry if I was a little harsh on that, but I'm disappointed. Oh, no, you're allowed to be harsh (laughs) when it comes to stupid game developer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it, it really just seems like EA does not understand at all why this game failed. I also did not like the fact that I read in this article from Eurogamer that they are quoting what they said during the town hall, and they said, quote, the bug count for Battlefield 2042 fell into the range that EA expected (laughs) when compared to other titles. So they knew the bugs that were in the game. They Mm. thought, well, this isn't worse than any of our other launches, so let's just get it out into the open and make our money. So they knew it was an unfinished product. They don't seem to understand why that was a problem. They don't seem to understand that the problem's not Halo. There's room to have Halo and Call of Duty and Battlefield. We're more than happy to play all these games together because they each have their own niche. But if you release a game that's completely unplayable like Battlefield, and now it's just loaded with unplayed bots, famously there are streamers playing Battlefield, but they're being paid by EA to stream it, and so... Their characters get stuck underneath hallways and stairwells, and they don't even acknowledge it because they're afraid to speak ill of the game. But meanwhile, all the rest of us are like, this game's just a complete train wreck. I I said before, I'm really worried about Battlefield. I know we're still going to get more titles, but I just worry if we're not seeing a major downtrend where maybe Battlefield just eats dirt sometime here in the near future. I I think you might be right. And the thing is, too, I don't understand this this concept that some of these developers have when you release a steaming pile of stinkiness, you know, <laughs> this family friendly guy. So, <laughs> and then you sit there and you say, Hey, we'll make it better. We're, we're going to dedicate guys. We're, we're dedicated to battlefield 2042. Give us a year and we'll, we'll make it a decent game. Dude, just call it quits, man. Like I said, acknowledge the failure you know, keep one or two guys on there to maybe patch some stuff if it breaks catastrophically, but just say, hey, we've learned, we're sorry, we're going to move on, and then don't do it again. The thing, it's so telling that EA came out and said, we know that there was 180 bugs in this game, but that's acceptable. That's the that's the level of bugginess that all of our games have released with, so it's okay, right? And that, like, that's just another one of those things where it's like, you want to look at them and go, do you know what you're saying right now? <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, say, it's when you try to quantify the bugs, like, but what about the magnitude of these bugs? Like, we have 182 bugs. One of them only happens in this zone on this one tile where the pattern is off a little bit. We'll fix it in a patch or something versus we can't play this game, you know, because it's <laughs> the bug is really bad. But, but there's only 182 of them. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if you guys ever played the mobile game, uh, Game Dev Tycoon, but that's where you create your game and the game has to finish, but then the game has a certain number of bugs and they let you choose to release the game early or spend extra time finishing it. And it's like, as soon as the development finishes, they just immediately ship. Like, they're not working on on any bugs. Now, this part also really made me me laugh. Please tell me that game that you're talking about was made by EA. Oh, uh, no, it was uh, (laughs) hilarious. (laughs) But they also said in the town hall that early reception of 2042 was positive. Well, we've given a couple updates on the show. I just pulled up Steam. I brought up Battlefield 2042. If I'm looking at just recent reviews, 
Do you guys want to guess what percentage of reviews are positive uh, for 2042 seven. at this point? Yes. I feel like I'm going to say just tw- recent, just recent. Reviews. Oh, recent reviews. Oh, 11 percent. I'm saying 7 percent just because I like the number. I don't know why. 13 <laughs> percent. Ah, so I win. whatever, <laughs> like whatever positive feedback they got early on. Oh, my goodness. That means 87 percent of people that are leaving reviews are leaving negative ones on Steam. It's just it's unbelievable. Oh my goodness. I mean, I, I feel like at this point we are beating a dead horse with Battlefield, but it's like just news story after news story comes out. We got to talk about it again. Like, I don't, it's, I, they've it's, got blinders. It's the obliviousness. That's the main thing that That's we're trying is. to drive home is it's like, yes, we all know that the game is bad. It's literally at the bottom of our leaderboard. What we're trying to, what point we're trying to drive home is the fact that EA is so ignorant of what they have produced and what they have put out there. And they continue to try to make it sound like it's a good game. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny just cause you talk about the reviews, Paul. And, uh, I looked on that article on Eurogamer and there was actually a poll in there, you know, and it says, oh, yeah, yeah. did you like it? <laughs> and, and 2% was what said, love it. And I'm still playing it. And I immediately snipped it and sent it over to Paul and Josh and said, these people are lying to themselves. Yeah. <laughs> They're just waiting for it to get better. Oh, man. Yeah, it's such a funny poll because 49% did not play it at all. 24% were pretty disappointed. 21% hated it. So you only had 4% say it was fun and only 2% love it. So, yeah, I mean, what a... This is... I, I mean... Boy, we really gave Cyberpunk a hard time. At least some people really loved Cyberpunk. No one seems to be liking Battlefield. All right, and then that brings us to our final story of the week. Uh, We recently just covered our top 10 games of all time. Do you guys remember what game was on all three of our lists? The Witcher 3, baby! Witcher 3! Well, guess what? The guy who directed The Witcher 3 has created his own studio along with some of his old co-workers. So a bunch of people that worked for CD Projekt Red have gone with him. They have created a studio called Rebel Wolves. And I think this is about as good of news as you can possibly hear. They came out and said, we are working on a AAA title dark fantasy game, creating it using Unreal Engine 5. Oh, keep saying all those words <laughs> yes. paul cuz <'cause> yeah. also <laughs> if you add the word add excited. the word add the word pirates in there somewhere we get oh, pirates. really excited <laughs> all right this dark, is weird dark now. pirate fantasy dark pirate fantasy <laughs> okay, that's it wait a minute <laughs> wait yeah <laughs> oh man i think this is this sounds really intriguing now this is like probably years away right this is not anything we're going to see anytime soon it is a brand new studio they are hiring developers right now and so we're not going to see this for quite some time, but this is absolutely like a lot of key buzzwords, right? You love hearing Dark Fantasy. You love hearing Unreal Engine 5. You love hearing Witcher 3 director. Yep. This is right up all of our alleys. Absolutely. I, I'm super excited about this. And like you said, probably pretty far out. I mean, we're talking, what, four to seven years probably yeah. from beginning to end of developing a game. But if they do it Not right. Not if EA has anything to say about yeah, it. Yeah, oh, if boy. EA, it's, it's six months from now, we'll have a failed uh, Dark Pirate Fantasy uh, game. Play. I just, I, I do like when you get talented people that don't necessarily like the way that a, the direction like a company is going or something like that. And they say, hey, you know what? I, I want, I have the passion enough to make a game that, I, you know, I want to make. And I'm taking these other talented people with me. 
I'm a fan of that. Like, not I don't want disharmony. You know, uh, hopefully it's an amicable split. But if 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 you're saying, hey, I have this vision of this game, and I'm going to go make it. I feel like that is a really good place to be when you're starting game development because you're passionate about it. You're finding the people that have the talent to make that. And like you said, all of these buzzwords are my kind of buzzwords. The other thing they said is it's uh, CRPG, which stands for computer role-playing game, which is my favorite genre of role-playing game uh, up there with open world RPG, I guess. But yeah, I mean, we don't know anything about it other than the studio name and the Unreal Engine 5, which I'm super excited for because everything in Unreal Engine 5 I've seen has been mind-blowing, but yes. I'd really oh, like to see a fully-fledged game in Unreal Engine 5 yeah, at this point. Yeah, me too. Well, and, and Paul, I, I, Josh, you actually said just a minute ago we don't know anything about it. We do know one more thing that is very exciting is they've already announced it's part of an ongoing saga. So it will be a series of games, not just a standalone awesome game, so... Yeah, I I can't wait to see what they're going to come out with. They they did say that they want to focus on unforgettable stories and stirring deep emotions. That sounds a lot like The Witcher to me. So it sounds like they kind of know what worked mm-hmm. and they want to translate that to another fantasy game. I know I'm all for it. Well, and even uh, even the name of the studio is Rebel Wolves. It screams The Witcher. It's a cool name. Yeah, well, yeah. And just the wolf, you know, the whole thing. It's like there's it's almost like he's saying, "Hey, I, I did work on Cyberpunk a little bit too." But I also directed The Witcher, and I'm taking more of The Witcher with me to this new game. Yes. And I, I would prefer Rebel Wolves to Rebel Roaches, uh, named oh. after Geralt's oh. horse. Hey, you, can't, you can't kill a roach, man. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> oh, man. All right. So we had you know so many stories here to cover this week. Uh, that's all that we have time for. So that's all that we have here for this week in gaming. Now, we did want to talk a little bit about social media. It's something that we have often shared our handle, but we haven't really done too, too much with it. But Michael is going to be jumping in and being a little more active on our social media accounts. You can find us everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. Anything else you wanted to say about socials, Michael? No, just really a uh, call to action. Please follow us on social media because I don't want to be uh, just out there talking to myself all the time. <laughs> no, really, not clouds. <laughs> but really, it, it'll be an engagement piece. Like, you know, like when it comes to when uh, Paul, Josh, and I do our, you know, our battle royale type style. Uh, ranking and voting like we did with the the best space games and best character to have a beer with. It'll give you a chance to voice your opinion, you know, out there and vote and actually quantify, you know, which one you agree with a little bit more. Also, because, you know, I never win on the show, apparently, but I'll probably win, <laughs> you know, in the hearts of the fans. So it'll make me feel a little better. But yeah, at Multiplayer Pod, everywhere you have your socials and uh, come chat us up. There's one last question I got to ask you, Michael, and I can't believe we haven't done it yet on the show. Are you officially declaring yourself for Team Waffles or Team Pancakes? Oh, oh man. Is, so, you know, it's funny because I, I think I said something in Discord a while back, but I have a problem with waffles because I feel like I've got to cover every single oh, square with yes, Michael. syrup. Yes, and Michael. I have pancakes every yes, single Michael. morning for breakfast. So oh, I've got to say I'm on, and, and I don't even know what started the war because I oh, must have missed man. that episode back in the day, but I'm 100% <laughs> on Team Pancakes. Yes. Yeah, that's all we have time for. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see you guys on Monday. <laughs> where uh, on, on Monday, Josh and I will be talking about God of War. We will unfortunately not have Michael with us because he just joined us as the third host. He did not play God of War the same time that Josh and I did, but you will be able to hear... 
Oh boy. It's a long one. Josh and I just recorded it. It's an hour and 40 minutes. Buckle it. So wow. <laughs> it's the best it's... hour and 40 minutes you've ever heard. <laughs> it's very, very long. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be back to having Michael on all our episodes after that. So make sure to come check out that deep dive episode on Monday. And I think that's it. So happy gaming, everybody. We'll see you all on Monday. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.